the views and opinions expressed on this podcast solely of those of the people appearing on the podcast and do not reflect the views of the Carolinas GCSA or the show sponsors. You're listening to Pulling Weeds Off Course, another installment of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association official podcast with a focus on off-course industry folks and their relationship with superintendents and the Carolinas GCSA. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. All right. Well, um, who does the introductions? You do. I do. All right. (laughs) Back at it. It's been um, three and a half years since Alan Knight and I sat down and did one of these together. You guys have been hearing a lot of sporadic activity from um, a bunch of plug-in folks. I hope they've been doing all right on my behalf. But um, all jokes aside, I'm here with, um, I'll say it, one of my favorites here in the industry. A man who's kind of took me in from day one. Always been very kind to me. But aside from that, um, he's taken great care of the association through the years with a wonderful family business. So, um Alan Corbin is our guest today. Alan, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. It sure is good to be here. I know we've been talking about this for several months, and uh, glad we could finally uh, get a date set and join you two. I listened to this. I'm still way behind. I think I'm up to the end of 2021, but I have really enjoyed. It's the only podcast I listen to. Well, well, thank hey, you. hey, we did thank not pay him for that, Alan. <laughs> Slide in the five later. Um, yeah, well, let's just jump in with why we're late then. Um Alan, with an A, is going to be Alan Corbin. Alan, with an E, is going to be your co-host, if I say that today. That's right. I've always said, and nothing against you, Mr. Corbin, but you spell it the wrong way. I understand that, yes. I thought you did. I consider I'm mine the right way. Is yours not a hyphenated or shortened version of something? Alexander? I don't think so. Alan Zander? No, no, no. All right. So, why were we late, Alan? You want me to jump in and go with it? Go right ahead, yes. Because our good friend um, and one of your employees, who I, a lot of people in the industry know, um, Scott Martin, took ill with COVID last fall. Um, and it was literally the time when we were going to sit down and record. It was, gosh, I want to say it was the same week. August uh, of 2021. Yeah, that's when we were going to try and do this. So how ironic that this is August of 22 that this is going to be coming out. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, you want to give your take on Scott, or you want me to give uh, my take first, and then you chime in? Go right ahead, and I'll follow you. So, um, during COVID, we witnessed some of our larger employers have to follow along with the PPP and the payroll money and the challenges and the downsizing. And unfortunately, when you have an opportunity to go through unemployment as an employer, with no fees and penalties to lay people off, that's the direction you have to go with such unknown futures. And if I'm not mistaken, Corbin Turf was one of those folks who didn't have to do that with anyone and um, even took it a step farther with Scott. And um, he was in the hospital for 60-plus days, maybe? Right. Ventilator for yes, 49? he's on a ventilator for 42. Wow. Ventilator for 42 days. And during that entire time... Um, Corbin continued to treat him as an employee, and I don't know. We can cut that if we need to. But um, And then Alan himself, with an A, and some others, um, jumped in and covered Scott's territory during pre-order and through the fall. And so that's the way I remember it, and I just wanted to tell it the way I see it because I don't want Mr. Humility sitting across from the table short-selling himself for his brand or his company on what they actually did for another human and their family. Well, thanks, Tim. Um 2021 was a tough year in regards to just a lot of uh, individuals. Certainly Scott, I had two newborn, my first grandkids were born that year and they were pretty mature. One weighed a pound and a half, one weighed two pounds. And uh, they were in the hospital three years, I mean three months. And uh, God blessed them and and healed them and they're doing great. And right after that, Scott uh, contracted COVID in August. I thought he was doing okay and I've still got the text from when we talked. Uh, and he thought he'd be okay to be there for a day or two. And I was talking to him daily, and then I got a call on Thursday from a customer just said, have you talked to Scott? I'm here, and he's going on a ventilator today. And I said, no, I have not. And uh, I couldn't reach him. Uh, started to panic a little bit, and turned out that was the case. At midnight that night, he went on a ventilator. And I got to give all the credit, really, to his wife, Lori. Um, I don't know a lot of wives or family members that would have 
kept in touch with their husband's employer the way she did me. But we had developed a friendship. We, whenever we vacation at Hilton Head, we try to go to dinner with them, and we'll be doing that hopefully next week. And so, because we really, if you work for us, and I would imagine most companies are the same. We're not the only ones. That, they, people truly are a family. It is not about a paycheck. Um, we really care about their family, their kids. We really want to know them, and if there's something that's going on in their lives that they need prayer for or they just need some help or anything, it could be even for me um, an issue I'm going through. We really try to help one another. So when that happened, uh, she told me on a Saturday morning that he had coded or coded blue, I think was the term used, twice, uh, and I knew then how serious it was. And it was an emotional day Saturday at my house being told that. And then for the next two weeks, she would contact me every day. And I, again, I give her credit for that. She stayed in close contact with me, and but I didn't know if I wanted to open the text or not because I didn't know what the result would be. And slowly after those two weeks, Scott began to recover. And there were a lot of days forward and two days forward and one step back. Um, but he began to get better i guess in a sense but yet he was still on the ventilator uh, it was truly life or death at least for two weeks if not longer um, then he uh, slowly recovered i think at that point people thought once you're on a ventilator you're not coming off but by then at least doctors were starting to figure out how to handle patients on a ventilator um, but i think if i was correct there were six people in the hospital at hilton head on the ventilator and he and maybe one other were the only two that survived Man. so he was on there for those 42 days, eventually got to Savannah for rehab, um, and finally got to go home. And I just, and I'm gonna get emotional and talk about it, that when she, it's something you alluded to a minute ago, Tim, when she asked me, said, well, can I help in any way? You know, I just one word about him losing his job. And I, I just never had even thought that they would think about that. Never crossed your mind. Never crossed my mind. And I just, hmm, I just remember, and you don't have to worry about that. His job not is safe. And so Rocky and I, my brother-in-law and partner, we just divided his territory up and went to work. And um, his customers were incredible. It really wasn't anything we did other than stay in contact. Um, but we kid him that his sales increased while he was in the hospital. Those, I think it was up 10% <laughs> in September. So I can remember several of them kind of laughing about it. But... Um, his customers, the business was great, but just how we all kept in touch with a text chain, it was unbelievable, the people that were praying for him and his family. And uh, if you don't believe in prayer, just look at the result of what Scott Martin, uh, look at him today. So uh, well, I'm anyway, glad just you an incredible opened, story. I'm glad you opened those messages every day because that was the catalyst for our information to keep the industry, you know, I dare say, um, informed because... I don't know, there are 20 or so of us on that maybe. Yeah. Um, and you can only imagine how many it went to after the 20 would get it. Yeah, you, to keep you were on posted. one I had with 20, and I had, I think, 11 of them that were 100 and something total. Yeah. So I would send that every day after she sent it. And she was real careful. She had family members that wanted to really say things that were a little further ahead than she wanted known. And so we were very conservative of what we shared. And... uh I just kind of said exactly what she wanted me to say, and but it, it really stemmed from her, not me. Well, Scott and I have talked about it a little bit, and I think that our hope is, if nothing else, when all of us that were out there praying for him and supporting him were having to have those hard conversations that people needed to be having about their health at the time and about their own personal well-being. Because when you're in the middle of a conversation about a guy who you know, may or may not make it, it turns the tone of y'all's conversation immediately. So, anyhow, um, that's why we're a year late, folks. Let's lighten it up a little bit yes. and move well, back into... Um, I'm going to lighten it up. So, I'm Jim Huntoon and I got to play in the Palmetto. Hey, everybody, real quick. This is our co-host, first time talking today with the E, Alan. <laughs> Alan with an E. Sorry. So, we had the pleasure of playing against Alex Tolbert, Jim Huntoon and I against Tolbert and Scott Martin. And Scott played really good. And I said, Scott, what are you, how, are you, how far are you back now health-wise? He goes, I'm about 90%. And I said, I don't want 100% Scott. He's too, he'd be too good on the golf course. You yeah, don't? He, yeah, he's still getting um, MRIs on his lungs, and there's still a lot of damage yeah, there. Yeah. And, in fact, he, I know he played with you yesterday. 18 holes is still kind of tough for him. Yeah. And we had the privilege of helping sponsor the tournament at Eastlake, and he asked us 
two or three weeks ago, I just need to bow out of that. I just don't think I can walk that 18 holes. So he's still recovering, but I'm awful glad to hear you said he did well yesterday. I really wish he'd have called me because I'd have played nine in his place. I mean, I could probably only walk nine out there too. Yes, yes. All right, so let's go right into the tough question about the creativity that went into the company name. I don't understand where Corbin Turf may have come from. Can you help us with that a little bit? Yes. Um, my dad purchased the business back in April of 93, and it was called Griffith Turf and Ornamental Supply. And it was just an older gentleman and his wife. They were the only two employees, and they actually supplied our landscaping business. And my dad just knew I always wanted to be in golf. I had actually, when I finished Clemson, had applied to Titleist and the other manufacturers, if they had any opening at all, and those jobs were extremely hard to get, and so there were no openings at the time. So I went to work for Owens Corning Fiberglass out of college for a couple, about almost four years and then came back to work for my dad. And so we reached out to Mr. Griffith and uh, purchased his business, which was very small, um, and he agreed to work with us for three years, and then he moved to Fripp Island, and I just said, I'm going to have to learn this thing. And so I just dedicated myself to trying to be the best sales rep in the industry. That was my goal. Um, so we changed the name to Corbin Turf and Ornamental when his three-year contract ran out. And uh, it'll be almost 30 years ago this coming April. So it's been a real blessing to to be able to be in this industry for that long. Isn't that amazing? It really is, yes. 30 years. And you just dated yourself because you said you had four years of prior work experience and then college. That's right. Yeah. I'll be 60 this year. Wow. Good for you. So um, I, I want to know about the building, the early days. Was it? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Uh, we started in our landscape business, which is right at Furman University, our, our landscape building. We had zero inventory. We actually sold for two other companies, and they did the billing. And uh, I finally got my first product in stock that was one pallet of an IBDU fertilizer. That was our only product in stock. And so sold that for a while, and then we moved to a uh, – Another building in Greenville uh, where all our warehouse consisted of two containers, and we ran a drop cord um, to that to make sure the fungicides wouldn't freeze. So <laughs> I remember that, and then we finally moved up. to We built our own office right next to Furman, and it was pretty small. It was 6,000 feet, I believe, and we were f- full on that really quickly. Um, and we were there to go for 15, 16 years, I think is the number, or maybe longer. And then we grew to an outside warehouse here in Greenville and finally moved our whole operation to where we are now. Yeah. And we still own the other building, just lease it out. So uh, uh, we're a lot happier being in one location with all warehousing and office staff in one location than all of our outside st- sales staff. They just work out of their homes yeah. and manage their territory just as though it's their own business. So I did a little recon work on you through Jeff Cannell. I said, you got any good oh, Alan cool. Corbin stories? And you already said it on this episode. I did not realize Rocky was your brother-in-law. That is. He's married to my sister. Yes, sure. I just yes. thought he was a good guy and a business partner. And he is that as well. Yes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about Rocky. I mean, did he- Well, I just I cannot imagine having to run a business of this nature or this size now without somebody like him. Um, I mean, he is a brother-in-law. And, and just you'll hear me mention my faith a lot during the this uh, program. Yeah. Uh, but I just... Uh, you know, families don't get along a lot, and uh, he and I really do. Doesn't mean we agree every time. We may have a lot of discussions, but at the end of the day, we always are on the same page. Yeah. And then, so that he's just critical in the success of our business. He handles all of our, most of our, our vendors, our supply partners, half of the sales reps, manages operations. He's got a lot to to do, and he yeah. does a great job. Uh, so I just cannot imagine doing it without him. He always seems to be smiling when I see him, which is good. He's he's an, an amazing individual, that's for sure. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, I, I tell stories and stories about him just in the brief encounters, and I don't get to spend as much time with him because he covers a different territory than you. Is that not correct? He used to be have a sales territory in Georgia, but he gave that up several years ago, and he doesn't have any direct customers. Um, but he manages the sales reps in Georgia. Is he mostly in Greenville now? He is. Office? He mainly works here, and he travels there into those areas, or he may be traveling with a, vi- a vendor somewhere. But, yeah, he does. That's amazing. And on y'all's faith, I think it's got to be helpful from a business standpoint. Like you say, when things aren't always going right, 
you've got that common ground that's always going to bring you back to what's most important in your lives anyways. Yeah, and uh, and listen, we screw up every day. I don't want anybody to hear this and think, hey, this is what they think that they're uh, better than anyone else because we are not. We we screw up every single day. Just thankful that we, we know who's providing the blessings to us, and that, that kind of keeps us grounded. Well, and on that note, we're lucky in the Carolinas, right? We've got from a, a big three equipment manufacturer, I mean – at one point, we had two of the three that were making their equipment in the States, right? And with another one, you've got reputably one of the top distributors in the country annually. And then when you get into the the distributor side, when it comes to the other products, I mean, we've got some of the best in the area. And, and again, maybe I'm biased, but, you know, it's unique to see how y'all all kind of get along and have nice whatever agreements between territories etc and i mean it's just it goes back to the entire nature of the business and the camaraderie right so i just think we're lucky because we've got great partners as an association and corbin turf um has always been one and it blends perfectly with faith when you talk about our fellowship breakfast um how long do you think you've sponsored that because i can attest to at least 16 of them so it's got to be more than 16 20 years maybe somewhere in that ballpark so you all and now New Life Turf are our partners at our conference and show. Every November, we do our annual conference, and we have partners for different events, and they are our partners for our fellowship breakfast. And we have had some amazing speakers come through and share some stories. Um, why is that important to you all to continue to partner in that? Well, it, it's, it's based on who we are. Our faith is really what drives us, uh, and it's made us successful. And it's just nice to share as you travel around and you hear other superintendents or other supply partners um, that faith's important to them. And uh, so just being a part of that breakfast kind of gets us all together. Uh, doesn't mean everybody in that room are believers, but uh, maybe they're just there for search. They're searching, or they, they just want to be around somebody that just can help them feel better that day. And uh, we always just try to pe- have a great speaker, and we've been blessed to have that. And then just the end of that, just at least uh, share the message of Christ. And if somebody doesn't know him, then maybe they'll, uh, they'll get to know him through uh, some avenue. And so it's just really important to us that we're following what the Bible tells us to do. Well, my point of view, that room is packed every year, sells out. I assume it's getting well. There's no price to it. You just have okay. to register yeah. in advance. It's part of your conference. You better package. get there early. I used to show up <laughs> for photos, and that thing is jamming. And yeah, don't wait till five of if you want to yeah, come. Right. I mean, but you're always welcome. Last minute, no, there's no problem. But you alluded to something earlier, and I think you're right about vendors. Man, we compete hard against uh, a lot of competition here. When I first started, there were the three manufacturers of the equipment, and maybe five or six distributors, some national, some local, and now there must be. 2025. 20, I don't know how a superintendent does it all the time, but our guys know that our our competitors are our friends, and it's amazing our industry. I don't think a lot of customers even realize we'll borrow from each other if we're short on something. You know, I'll call somebody else, and we'll help them out as well. And they know we're not going to ever badmouth our competition because they truly are our friends. And uh, so that's just kind of our mindset. And I think most of our competition feels the same. Um, that's just. Uh, you got to be competitive. I will say that. I want a sales rep that's very competitive, and they hate to lose, but they want to do it ethically in the right way. Yeah. Being in this transition zone, especially in the Greenville area, right on I-85, do you keep a half a pallet of ice melt back there for friends and family and that random ice storm that shows up and none of us were prepared and everybody sold out? We actually do keep it, and that's one product you just can't win with. Either you've got two or three truckloads that have been sitting there for a year, or you're out. It's Does it go bad? No, nah, not as not for several years, I don't think. So, uh, Could it be viewed as a commodity as such where you bought it at a dollar a bag, and now with inflation, yes. you would be buying yes. it at $4 a bag that's if you had correct. those two or three truckloads, so you might actually be doing okay on it. Yes, absolutely, that's the case. I just ask because... You may get that call this year if we okay. get that late ice storm again. We when the Lowe's and the Walmart and everything is sold out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, so I think it's uh, one of those rare moments where everybody at the table can have a conversation about what they shot. Um, across the river, that little golf course oh, yeah, that you get to yeah. go hang out at. Alan and I have been yeah. A and E, Alan's 
and I have um, been blessed to be able to go play golf over there. Um, Alan with an A, way more than Alan with an E and I. Um, so before you ask the dumb question, Alan, we won't that we don't get invited to go back with Alan with an A. Um, what'd you shoot? What's your best round ever? You broke eighty. 76. That Man. was probably 10 years ago. That was just truly a round of my life. I mean, I've got 10, 11. Did you play handicap. college golf? I did not, no. I taught golf at Clemson Beginner Golf just to make some extra money, but never played other than high school. Did your swing ever go farther back? No. It's it, Well, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, it did. It's very short now. You ever played with did, Alan? Yes. I have. I've never seen him swing a golf club. Doyle? Do you remember Alan Doyle? No. Senior tour? Took it back to record yeah, year? yeah. <laughs> His is a lot smoother. I'm not that far, but he goes about three quarter and hits it farther than anybody we know. But um, do you maintain a handicap anywhere? I don't. Uh, I I live at a golf course in Greenville, but I don't play there regularly. So I just normally play at superintendent meetings for the most part. Let's go back. I need to to get a gen number though. He's a vendor, right? So I'm about a (laughs) twelve. I'm about a. Like, every vendor that I'm aware of, there's like two or three that are really good sticks. I'm not going to say every for sure because there's a couple guys that are probably plus twos out there. Um, but all the rest of them are, I'm about a five. I'm about a 20. Yeah. I'm about a 12. That's true. Well, I think Alan's about a seven, just in my own. Um, if you're shooting 76 down there, yeah. Well, so was... let's tell us about the Masters. How long have you been going down there as a salesman um... and as a volunteer? Uh, they've been a customer for a long time. And, and again, I want to say from the beginning, look, they're an important customer, but everyone we have are extremely important. They're, um, they're just one that I guess a lot of people know. But just, I don't know, I've been dealing with them maybe 25 years, 20, something like that. I've been blessed to work on the grounds crew at the tournament for 21 years. This is the 21st year. Wow. 21? Yes, sir. So you can drink down there now. Not You're old enough to drink down there now. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like yes. I saw a picture of you with a backpack on a backpack blower this year, didn't I? Yeah, I've been blessed really to have the same jobs for 21 years. I've been in charge of number 10 green every day from 9.30 to 1 o'clock. Um, been in charge um, of dew whipping fairways, and I was Jim Evans' student there my first two or three years. He was the assistant there, and that was his job. I worked under him, and then he moved on. I took over that role. And so I do that in the mornings, then head to number 10, then have a break. And then I've been in charge of ball marks on greens the last 10 years, but they, uh, we did not do that this year. That process wasn't needed. So uh, just, I just I did another uh, – I worked in divots and that kind of thing in the fairways this year. But it's a lot of fun. Tell me about dew whipping and the advice Jim Evans gave you. Is it all in the wrist and the elbows? Or how do you properly – It is. Just, uh, you start in the dark. And just make sure you're far enough away from your coworker, because there are some injuries that you bamboo uh, stick whipping it still. You can certainly do that. Yes. I mean, what are you using? It's no, it's not a bamboo. It's, it's a, a metal pole, right? It's extend. a fiberglass pole, three uh, sections that yeah. extends out. And oh, it's a police baton for yes, emergencies. A long one. <laughs> and there's about 15 of us on the front, and then 15 on the back, and we flip flop each day. And I kind of always manipulate it where. I'm doing the backside, or the second nine is the correct term, on Sundays. When I get home, I usually get home about 1 or 2 o'clock, and I can be watching and realize, man, I was just right there that morning. It's kind of neat yeah, to see. totally. How about divot duty? What's the proper way to fill a divot in? Well, they, you know, with that being cool season grass there, they do not want the, the uh, pelts, if you will, or the divots left in there. The caddies replace them, and then we pick them up. Really? And then we just discard them. But then we, they're filled with a um, sand – uh, soil mix. Gotcha. And just so, you tamp it to where it's a good, they get a good lie if they land in it. You filled up the bed of the truck yet and tried to grow something in the yard with no. all them yet? <laughs> no, I have not done that. We do have a competition every day for the largest pelt. So what do you win? Extra bucket the next day? Yes, you got to wear them as mohawk. Humiliation largest, usually of your co-worker. The yes. largest pelt. Ten green, all that time spent. Have you gotten to know anybody who sits there every year? Like you see the same Just the other workers, whether it's security or gallery, that kind of thing. And I will say kind of the coolest thing was, I guess, uh, two years ago when it was in the fall and we had, you know, no patrons at all. So there were no ropes, anything. And so you had incredible access to players. And literally you could just sit there and it would just be you and the player and his caddy. And uh, they would talk to you even then around. So that was uh, Really? really a cool thing. I don't think we'll ever see that again. But... Um, it was neat to be there. 
Nice. So you weren't collecting autographs for your favorite charity to auction off? No, those? sir. That is that would be frowned upon there. Yes. <laughs> Anything else that can get you kicked out that I su- should suggest, Alan? You do not want to be on your telephone there. They do not play around with that. I don't care if you're an employee or a volunteer or whatever. You will be disciplined for that yeah. if you are on your phone. Uh, call, well, you can't get it in, but an employee can't even be on their phone during the day. I but say, you realize you're the most photographed volunteer out there over the last 10 years that I've ever seen. It's maybe only because I've been there that long. <laughs> not that, yes. It seems like every year something pops up on social media. Well, somebody's got a phone in there taking pictures of you doing that crap. I don't know who that would be unless it's just real photographers. Probably some of them were. Well, they can carry their cameras in. People can Monday through uh, Wednesday. So we can't. They, we used to could when we started, and it was pretty neat. You'd be do whipping fairways, and you'd get some pictures in the fairway with some golfers. But that got uh, squelched. You don't think Kaminsky? Kaminsky probably slipped his phone. You got to work with him down there. Uh, He is on my crew. Does he He, work? He he mow. Yes, he does. He mows the. the tournament range tee first thing, and then he joins up my do whipping crew uh, about seven thirty every morning. He mows the range tee. He does. Yes. Do they actually and the engage the reels? Are actually pretty straight. I've never seen it wobbly from like a, a long night before. I didn't think he could see over the steering wheel. He does. What does Micah do? Woods. Uh, I'm so glad to have him back this year. He's on my crew. He do whips fairways, and then he's usually been at charge of 13 green in years past i'm not sure where he was in the middle of part of the day this year and then he usually helps with ball marks on greens or divots in the late in the afternoon that's awesome he's a great guy both those guys i really enjoy working with them and that is the cool thing you're working with people from all over the world you develop friendships and relationships that you never would have had otherwise uh, it's a special place no doubt yeah and i know uh kaminsky i saw it on twitter kaminsky and michael wood were chatting about some some grass practices and they said we'll discuss this further in the fairways of augusta so that's right all right so other than that you can't list that top three golf courses that you have either played or want to play let's go with the plate i think you and i talked about it i guess certainly augusta nash will be one i don't ever take that for granted you don't Uh, have to include that in your top three okay well then i i got the privilege through working at augusta nash through a, a superintendent who volunteers there out of san francisco to play uh, Cypress Point a couple years ago, Mad and that you. was that was incredible. And to just kind of turn that into a little vacation for my wife and I. And then that Not same bad. year, played uh, Olympic Club out there through him as well. Uh, we went out there to the Clemson National Championship game. That was a great golf course. Man, uh, you ain't had a rough stretch there, have you? 2019 was a, a pretty sweet year. Yes. <laughs> that didn't <laughs> drop off to COVID was. kicked your butt, but didn't yes, it? Like it you did. were riding the 19 yes, high did. for sure. Yes, it did. Yep. Uh, All right, what else? That was only two. Southeast, if you had to pick a favorite. Oh, man, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm being the dog if I do that, so I will not do that So because uh, a lot of my customers. One course might... in the Carolinas that you have not played that you'd like to play. One or two or three. Uh, well, that's a great question. Uh, I never played Eagle Point in Wilmington. I'd like to do that at some point. Um Played most of them on the coast in Cashiers, Highlands, Greenville, Charlotte. Cherokee Plantation. I played there a couple times, yep. Congaree. Congaree, that's good. We, we did a sponsorship there, so we Scott and I are going to play that right away. I, that's one that I'm looking forward to playing I have not played yet. Nice. You've done all the rest down there, like in Hilton Head in that area? Most, yeah. yeah. I haven't played uh, Secession. That was, I, I was going to ask that, but I thought that but was there, the But there are a lot of great ones that I haven't, you know. So I, I don't want to put anybody on us. Yeah, I love that golf course. Yeah, yeah great one. Yeah. All right, so you we mentioned the Clemson National yeah. Championship. Did you go to Clemson? Is I that did, what you yes. What did you study? Uh, administrative management or business at the time. Okay. How'd that work out? <laughs> it was all right. It was pretty broad and allowed you to go into uh, whatever you might want to go into. So I ended up going into manufacturing with Owens Corning and Anderson. Yep. And then uh, where they actually made the fiberglass and then uh, got a promotion to Atlanta to a roofing plant. Uh, and so worked there. And uh, then until my dad's business continued to grow, and and so I went back to work for him. Did you ever fix, fix boats on the side with all your fiberglass No, but it experience? was neat to see the customers, the yacht companies or boat companies that were customers of ours, primarily from the Anderson plant. That's where a lot of that fiberglass is made. Uh, that's just some amazing stuff I've seen there. Is there anything um, – that sticks out to you 
in terms of pre-order programs that are more important to customers than others? Like, well, is I'll it the bells and the whistles? Is it the you get the free sweatshirt, or is it the pricing? Well, I will say that. I, that has really changed our industry, especially for the uh, turf and ornamental chemicals. That didn't even exist when we first started, but I, I don't know if it started 15, 18 years ago. But now probably 50% of our industry's chemicals are sold during October. And October. Then, yeah. I mean, the early order lasts maybe from September part of it, primarily though from October 1st through the first week of December. Um, and But there are some incentives for customers to purchase in October and you know they get usually till next summer to pay for it and so they get the best deals the best rebates so if you're gonna it's really good if you know you're going to use certain products that's what early order is for you don't need to load up just for i think i'll use it um, just if it makes sense you know something you're going to use uh, the chemical companies really um, give some great incentives to entice you to do that and it also helps the chemical companies figure out their um, forecasts and their what all they need to make with their plants. That's what I was going to ask. The, I mean, the main rationale is production, right? Correct. Like the following year's production. That's correct, yes. Et cetera. We saw some of that in ammunition this yes, fall in absolutely. particular when, I mean, it was throughout COVID, et cetera. It was scarce. You couldn't find it. And then when it did start hitting the shelves again, I mean, I think it was Winchester and a couple others stated that it would be a 15 to 18% price increase through the end of twenty. 21 to see what the market would sustain right and then yes. how much and golly it, it never has dropped back again right and literally uh, for all the first 15 years of the early order program the manufacturer on october 1 that was their new price and it was always good for a year and but then the last two years there have been multiple increases even during the year can uh, you do that if you pre-order something at x even though you know you're not getting it until six months from now and having to pay for it for seven months from well, now, I can they change it? Well, I usually want you to go ahead and try to take the product by early January, something like that. And okay. You can, you know, you, you can, you can do what they call distribution agreements or warehouse agreements if they want you, if the customer would like you to house it longer than that. But no, because it needs to get invoiced in October. That's the key. The invoice date is the key. So that price is whatever it is then is what it is. And if there's an increase on January 1, you, that price should, still should stay what it was. So two big conglomerates a couple of years ago had fiscal year ends that date and needed to figure out how to make sales work for the year. And now we're all suffering from it. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yes, good point. I don't know. Yes. I'm just trying to dumb it down into those of us as terms that... I don't feel like anybody enjoys it. I don't know if you enjoy it. It's, it is a horse race, October 1, and now it's even stretched before that some. And you've got multiple companies trying to get the same business. So it's a stressful time. I don't ever see us going backward, but right. um, I know my competition and our company, We, you know, you've, there's a lot of focus uh, on that and a lot of time given to meetings and strategy and, uh, you know, incentives uh, that we may give our own sales reps and certainly what the manufacturers do. But it's an important part of our business. I hear you. Are you um, still involved over at Clemson with the tarp pulling? Are you part of that crowd? No, I've never been. I've never been full-time on the crew like Don Garrett and Burt McCarty do. I've just helped out occasionally, but I've never – I don't think I've ever even pulled a tarp once. I've helped on the crew just once or twice, but, uh, no, those guys work hard to do that. Do you have a role with Clemson Athletics at all? Um, Other than, I'm assuming, a large IPTA donor for your football tickets? We are we are a football ticket and basketball ticket holder, and uh, and this one, of, uh, Clemson Athletics is important to me, and just going there, and uh, and I regret it. I never went to the national championship game when I was in school there. That was one thing I never I did not do. So I've been fortunate to go to most of those since this happened uh, in the last several years. Um, but I work with Clemson Athletics as a customer, and that's an honor to do that. Uh, we have a great uh, Mike Eccles is fantastic there. Um, Don Garrett does a great job with the golf course. They've got an excellent individual on campus and the botanical gardens there. Just turf and ornamentals at Clemson is great. So Casey and I were in school at the same time. Oh, man. Top, top-notch guy. Now, so just so you're clear, you do have my cell phone number, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So any of those basketball tickets that don't don't get used, the unused ones? <laughs> you got it. Sometimes I'll be more than happy to pay you for waste, those yes. um, and take the boys because okay. that's, a, that's a treat. That place has turned into something amazing. So, All right, well, what else do we need to talk about? Well, I'm going to bring up what I 
You're a ribber. You like to play practical jokes from what I've heard. That is correct. You want to tell me about Ponderosa and laying down in the fairway? Uh, when you said Jeff Connell's name earlier, I, I figured that was maybe part of that. Yeah. Uh, this has been a long time ago, but he was in the group behind me, and as Jeff is known to do, he didn't pay attention to who was in front of him, and he just hit a long drive, and it just rolled right past us. It didn't get close to injuring anybody, but when they came over the hill down to where I was laid out on my stomach and all the other uh, all the other part of our force and were just all around me in a panic and Jeff came down there just all in a panic I have killed Mr. Corbin I've killed Mr. Corbin and he really believed it for a little while and then I, I sat up and then I can't repeat what he said then but uh, that was a pretty funny day when he told me yesterday he was on, he was about to dial 911 until you finally jumped up and said I'm okay I'm okay <laughs> and I've actually done that in my backyard where I live twice uh, I, I'll get when I'm cutting grass in the backyard, I'll have at least two to three golf balls a week that I get. And I've been out there working when that's happened. And twice I've just laid down. And when the golfer came to look for his ball and just caused panic. That's um, great. I know that's not very nice, but you, I enjoy it. You like doing yard work, though, huh? I do, yes. Uh, my wife gets on me that I won't farm that out. But I, that's really my only f- form of exercise. I love to stripe it up and cut grass. And uh, I've still got cool season grass and tall fescue in my yard. And so it takes a lot of extra effort, but I really enjoy doing it. How tall you mow it? Four inches right now. How do you, is that a push mower? Or you that got is something a push you're, mower, yes. How did, I don't even know any. That, I couldn't even find any that went there, that high. There are some that will go that high right now, yes. Okay. Because yep. so, that's according to all the, sorry, according to all the studies that I went to that I rarely paid attention to at NC State Field, field Days was about tall fescue and the best uh, herbicide. Yeah, or weed control for it is leaving it at four inches. Yeah, as soon as you start taking it down, cut it as high as you can. You're going to get everything else. You're going to you're going to get everything else in there. That's correct. You know, I will say that's true. My yard where it's about four inches in the front, no weeds. But you get back, and they can they're they get they're coming out the canopy. I guess you mowing your zoysia at four inches. It's it's a high. It's it's high. (laughs) You have to ask my wife. You're probably (laughs) two inches. Two inches. Yeah, no, four is big time. I would definitely. Okay, what do you think that is? Three or four. So anyway, I'll measure and we'll get back yes. to you. You can cut yours a lot more often, a lot shorter if you'd like. That's I'll, I'll let my wife but it, know. But it would require more maintenance for sure. So did you bring some PGRs for us? I There's some on the truck for delivery, but I'm sorry I don't have an extra gallon of I'd be here. afraid Don't to. need a gallon, but they might get nine-tenths of a gallon okay, with a sealed jug-looking yes, thing. So yes. Chuck Conley advises Tim when to spread what, Right. I think, for the most part? Do you have – obviously, you, you've got unlimited chemicals, but who is helping you tell you when to put what down, or do you already know all that? Well, he's got to know because he's the one helping the golf course. Super yeah, I hope right. – yeah, I don't – Like, he's I, a problem solver, too. Yeah, I hope I hope I know that, but there's many things that I don't know, and that's one thing I like to do when I'm a customer. If I don't know, just like to pick up the phone and talk to the technical rep from the manufacturer and uh, just solve it right there. Yeah. But just doing it enough years, hopefully I know the regimen and, and what should be done for each kind of grass. Yeah, I hear you. I figured you would, but there was no agronomic degree necessarily. Correct, yeah. that is right. Yeah. So how are the grandkids doing? They're doing great. They're a little over a year old now, and uh, we usually have them over, over most Sunday nights. And just uh, didn't realize how much you could love a, a child until you had grandkids. I'm really, really enjoying that. So they're still in the area then? They are. They live in Greenville with us, yeah. Not with us, but in the same city. Two daughters? Two girls, yes. That's right. What are their names? Give them a shout out. Everly and Emerson. Okay. Yes. Now, how many children did you have? Two girls. One's uh, 29 and one's 25, yep. And which one's going to take over and run the Corbin Turf business? (laughs) Neither one of them seem interested at this point. They're doing their own thing. One's a teacher and one is a, uh, uh, um, not surgical tech, but does it uh, in a dental office. Was it a conscious decision to name them both E's? It was not mine, but my okay. daughter's. Yes, uh, we uh, we had a neighbor where I grew up. Every one of the kids was a J, J, John, Jill, yes. Jeffrey. You know, just always found that interesting. So NASCAR is something we have in common. Yes, we do. Although, are you a closet NASCAR guy? Not necessarily. No, I'm I'm public about yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. It's out there. We were both in L.A. together. That was we a big were. thing. That was a nice thing to see uh, Kyle Busch drive out from underneath the stadium onto their, what yeah. normally is their field, yes. Yeah, certainly happy I was there for the first time. How loud was that? 
loudest I've ever heard. I was going to say, it had to have been worse because you were so much closer with such a... Yeah, I don't think I had to wear headphones like and I haven't been to Bristol in several years, but you have to wear it there. That's the loudest place you'll ever go, but uh, it was loud. I've not been to Bristol. You need to go. I want to. I would have if COVID hadn't shut it down, but that had to be the absolute loudest I've ever heard anything in my life. In L.A.? Yeah, in that little coliseum. And there were very few cars on the track, so just imagine kind of, kind of right. doubling that. How yeah. does that relate to Atlanta or Charlotte? Totally it was different. a half-mile track, so just picture right down the road here, uh, Greenville Pickens Speedway, inside the L.A. Coliseum. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean, I could hear that from my house on that. certain yeah. nights. So That's a good night. <laughs> uh, no, I can walk back inside and I don't hear it, so it's a better night. <laughs> Do you ever go over to Greenville Pickens? I grew up doing that. The neighbor behind me was a late model sportsman driver. His name was Butch Lindley, very successful. Oh, yeah. And we actually traveled around the south some with him. Wow. Um, and did that. His son, Marty, is still in the industry. I think he's one of the truck team uh, crew chiefs. Man. And they live right behind me growing up, so we, we would travel over the weekends with them. And uh, I really got involved in it, so I've just always kind of loved it from then. And I had the opportunity to get to drive the cars a couple of times through the Richard Petty Driving yeah. School, and I have really enjoyed that. Where have you driven? I've done Charlotte both times. Okay. I did Charlotte, Atlanta. What was your top speed? Uh, 146. Okay. I got 145, and I wanted to bust it the second time in Atlanta, yeah. and it was 150. I know That's I, awesome. I That's could have great. done more. but Wait, is there a restrictor on that, or that's just as fast as you can think you can handle like when you're driving? Well, the petty school, you're following somebody. You're following another and, driver, and if you get too close, he'll raise his hand. And back you down. And, but at that speed, you never hit the brakes, and you, man, you actually give it gas going into the turns, and those cars will just stick to the to the track you know at that speed now going 50 more mile an hour with 40 more cars on the that's, track with you i can't imagine what that's like i couldn't either that's what i was thinking just incredible. if you had six other cars around you it would have been nerve-wracking as right. i get out but being mm. uh mm. you sell parade you sell standard mm-hmm. is that legal to sell both those yes okay yes, they don't want to be a distributor of both of those those are two good companies <laughs> yes it is yes what else you sell uh, we kind of call it the big four, if you will, certainly turf and ornamental chemicals, uh, fertilizer. We're a distributor of several companies there. Grass seed, is a, we do a lot of that. And then golf accessories, like you said, standard and part. And then a few other miscellaneous companies, uh, bunker materials, you know, whatever it might be, T-Jet nozzles, or it may be just things, nothing to do in the pro shop, all outside. No right. equipment, really, other than spreaders, those kind of things, nothing with a motor on it. And uh, You got any, like three head boom sprayers for a walking backpack thing you know like a backpack spray so you can make it a little wider we sure have access to all that yes <laughs> we do i think i need to build one of those out we can make uh spray applications then instead of granular <laughs> i'll be glad to help you, you would be good at the math and breaking it down no but i'd call okay. somebody <laughs> yes. that's what the yes. alan corbins and the larry fellers and you know the jim youngs and folks like that are for is like yeah all right or ben even okay I know what it is per acre. How's that going to work out per gallon into my sprayer? <laughs> That's exactly correct, yes. So we got cup cutters on the list. I try to remember why in the world that's even on there. I don't know if some conversation you had. Do you I, sell them? We do. We sell a lot of those. Okay, so what's the difference with these super heavy ones that everybody's talking about right now that are just ridiculous yeah. to tote around? And is there such a thing as a one... Motion. I was never going to bring the word thrust onto this podcast, but it's now been trump cards yes. been played. All right, is yes. it one thrust? Because um, we were joking at Congaree about one where it was supposed to be like one or something or two, and then it got dude was getting to like thirteen every time. Right. I think most superintendents still traditionally use par eight or standard, just normal cup cutters, and whether they it's a foot eject or a hand eject, they they use their own muscle to make the hole. Now. There is one called the HIO hole cutter. It's been around a long time, and it's got a hammer built in, and it may cut the best cup there is on the industry. A little bit more work, but it really works well. Heavier, but it works. And there are some other manufacturers now that have some that are, I mean, into the thousands um, that supposedly work better. It's got a hammer built in. It's like a heavier, so when you're dropping it, it's got more weight. And you literally hammer it in, and it just makes a perfectly cut cup. I know uh-huh. they were doing that at the BMW this week. I was helping. Is that the with one with the flange on the outside to keep it from canting uh-huh. either direction? It's got mm-hmm. like a 
Like a, a lip thing? It'll have around. a depth gauge on it. and Maybe okay. that's what you're talking about, just to kind of get it to the right depth. And that does kind of balance it some. The is ladies, it red? Yes. The Par 8 one is, yes. The ladies were using the HIO yeah. at Pinehurst, yeah. at Midpine. And so I, I was like, Jim, he goes, you ever held one of those? I said, no. And the girl handed it to me. <laughs> it was so heavy. Well, that it thing's is, yeah. like what? 50 plus? Probably. Probably. Yes. Yeah. It ain't a one-handed hand no, that thing. Yeah. No, uh-uh. Yeah, it makes you appreciate the gentleman or lady that has that job, and they go around and do 18 of those or more if they're doing the practice green. It's a, it's a I task. I watched Jessica, I think, doing it in one of those videos. Mm-hmm. Was like, that ain't a workout I wanted to do 9 to 18 times every morning. That's for damn no. sure. Yeah, it is very true. All right, so also, what's this about Tiger at his house? I think we talked about that. I, um, I've had the privilege to um, to go to his house a couple of times in Florida on the way to a couple of Clemson Orange Bowl games. Uh, the superintendent is his house, was the assistant at Augusta National. He's a Clemson guy. And when he got that job, we started working with him a little bit there. And when I would, I've stayed in touch with him ever since he's been there. Man. And so on the way to South Florida, he just said, well, stop in and see us. So the second time we were there, Tiger was there. It's the only time I've ever met him. And he spent about 30 minutes with us out in his really? backyard, if you will. There are five holes back there. I think 165 is the longest. Um, he kind of lives between the intercoastal waterway and the ocean and Jupiter. And uh, he couldn't have been any nicer. Uh, he had some interesting language, I'll say. But uh, uh, but he was super nice. I really enjoyed our time with us. And the coolest thing was, I guess, he he came down from this house to where we were, and he had a couple of putters in his hand. And uh, that was right before Nike stopped making equipment. So he said, hey, Nike wants me to test out this new putter. And so he said, this is the one I won my 14 majors with. And he just handed it to me, and I just putted with it on the green for a while. So we all kind of putted on that. And the one regret I had is I didn't say, all right, Tiger, three putts for 20 bucks. Oh, that's but I didn't do it. That was my one regret. I mean, it, our, my one regret is I didn't tell you not to hit the table right there. Well, that's, that's right. Only, that's the that's best point of emphasis. I putted rolling. with Tiger's 14 that's major winning thing. That deserves a fist pump. But why are you slumming? You're slumming with Tim and I right now. You've been what? so many good places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is his method. Our industry's only hope to share the story <laughs> of each individual. <laughs> no, that's our last hope of Bastion. What's what's the Star Wars line I'm looking for there? <laughs> I don't know. You're close. The last great hope. But, but I've never talked to him at the Masters. I think like I wanted to that November day. He was on ten T or eleven T, I should say. And it was when nobody else was there. It was only me, and he was playing with uh, Deshambo. Justin Thomas and Fred Couples and one caddy and me. And he went to get some water, and I wanted to go back and say, I don't know if you remember me yeah. being at your house, but I just couldn't get up the nerve to do it. I hear you. Well, putting with his putter is pretty special in itself. Yeah, I'd have been like, it, hey, yeah. man, is that still – let me let me see your putter. <laughs> let me see that putter. You put a new grip on that yet, Tiger? <laughs> we won. That's awesome, man. You're a big, big supporter. We won, correct? I am. I really uh, I think that's just a wonderful organization. I had the chance. I had not heard of it before, but when one of my uh, good customers, Joe Durden, was at Westlake, um, somebody had told me about it, um, about what it was, and, uh, and but it had never really been given out much out of the Midwest. Yeah. And so somebody encouraged me to write a letter for Joe, and um, so I sent it off, and he... Uh, they contacted me and kind of told me what it was and uh, you know, asked some questions about it. They just do their due diligence to make sure it's legitimate and all that. And uh, I will always remember uh, Greg Burleson and I and his wife going to Joe's house to give him that check. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Joe is not with us anymore, but he lived quite a bit longer. And uh, that we one has been very, very gracious to a lot of superintendents and even vendors. I will say that Scott Martin was the beneficiary of that. Um, and boy, so he was a beneficiary of so many gifts from uh, Andy Apple at the Carolina show, from your office, Tim, the Carolinas, um, uh, the golf tournament we had at Briars Creek. Creek, uh, it was just unreal uh, what people have done for him. Yep. We won. But we won. It's it. great. Yeah. It's been amazing. I've been a part of one of those check deliveries as well. Um, it's an important group. Hope to be doing something to benefit them in the Carolinas soon that y'all will be hearing about. Can't wait. Nope. Well, have we covered everything? Anything else that you can think of 
while sitting here, don't look at your notes that you brought in. First guest ever to bring his own cheat sheet. I, I just, uh, as I've ridden around listening to podcasts, I just said, you know, if I don't want us to have uh, 12 minutes of downtime. I figured I'd at least have some things. Oh, that won't happen. Our questions would have just been way more scattered and a lot less poignant. <laughs> Totally, totally. Right, we right. used thrust and poignant in the same podcast. <laughs> right, would have been a lot more like that. You got it. And I think I mentioned the golf tournament. Thanks to Kyle Bibbler for supporting Scott. I want to make sure I did say that. Yeah, Kyle, who? Bibbler. Guess we can talk about him. He snubbed us. I've asked him a couple times. We got to go see him. Well, yeah, you he'd need be to. a hell of a he good one. He went out of his on. way to donate his golf course just for Scott and his family. It was incredible. Well, I'll plug it a step further with his GM down there, Clint Wood. Who believed in it as well yes sir um, who clint has been amazing to our side of the business for so many years as well um so anyhow well have we have we talked about anything else do we need to talk about anything else have we forgotten anybody we can I always just, have you know, you back I, on. you're right i had written a couple of notes then one thing i didn't mention i want to thank my wife stacy she she is intricately involved in our business um she works three days a week my sister cheryl my mom and dad who kind of started the business that's the ones that are in the family but We've got about 32 employees, and they are truly part of our family. I just want to say thanks to them um, because we would not be uh, successful at all without them. We truly are a business family, and I'm so I'm just you, thankful for that. I'm glad you covered that because that was one of the things I meant to ask you earlier was how many yep. employees that you have because it's not just the employees that you're supporting. It's that's their exactly families as well. Yes, that's, we just had our first company picnic saturday in greenville and let everybody bring their families and uh, had 60 some people there it was really a fun day well, did you have to cool. rent out unity park no we just found a little park in greenville there it was great really had a great time that's so awesome enjoy being in this industry and certainly being part of the carolinas association well i'm gonna offer a public thank you to not only corbin turf on behalf of the carolinas um but also personally for you for being just such a a good friend um and somebody who's always uh you know been an, uh, a model for us to look up to as to how to carry ourselves in this industry. So, well, thank you. I would I would dare say there are hundreds of uh, of folks in the industry that you could say that about. So I appreciate that very very much. And I want to thank you too. I the one thing I had on here was the I've been the secretary of the Upstate for seems like twenty something years. They will not let me retire from that, no matter how big my commission gets. <laughs> but your office has been instrumental in making that successful. Thank you all for supporting local associations and doing that i know we came over today and went through some things and so uh i think that's vital to our industry i know every state is different georgia uh does a great job they have one unit carolinas have 12 13 locals and i think that's great as well and i think being a part of the carolinas office has made us a lot more successful uh all credit to kim clark on that one the girls in here do an amazing job and they all pick up the slack but as she said, she's, she's managing 12 separate small businesses. Yes, so, sir. Um, kudos to where they're deserved. So, Alan, with an E, anything else? I just want to say thank you for being a friend. Uh, you're a stand-up guy. Everything what Tim's saying, anything that comes out of your mouth, I trust. And now that I've learned that you like to pull a practical joke, I will be a little more weary. But uh, Well, that and he does drink wine out of a box. So anybody that does that, I don't trust either. But aside from that, yeah, all I, those things we said. I want to say they're making better box wine these days. I think that only days. happened once several years ago, and I'm still remembered <laughs> for that. I may or may not every year or two when I'm wandering through the grocery store, Walmart. Franzia? Sam's. Take a, take a picture and send it to Alan and say, do you need two for today? All right. Well, um, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate everything. Hey, thank and, you guys um, for having me. It's a real honor to be here. Yes, sir. 